As the presidential election draws closer, it's becoming increasingly obvious that China intends to interfere with campaigning. DPP lawmakers on Friday held a press conference to highlight remarks made a few days ago by the Chinese ambassador to the U.S. Xie Feng, who said publicly that China's priority was to prevent the DPP's presidential candidate, Vice President Lai Qingde, from visiting the U.S. The DPP lawmakers said this was a sign that Beijing is interfering with Taiwan's upcoming election. They then outlined six main ways China interferes in Taiwan's politics, urging the people of Taiwan in the name of democracy and freedom not to be hoodwinked or divided. And now the priority for us mm. is to stop Lai Qingde from you visiting United States. A so-called Pan-American alliance for opposing independence and promoting unification has begun to stir. A large number of statements have appeared in the Chinese-language media in the U.S. slandering Vice President Lai's four-pillar plan for peace. We compare this to April this year, when President Tsai Ing-wen transited the U.S. The same group, using the same kind of tactics, began gathering together. When the PRC starts bossing people around, we know from past experience that of course they've already pressed the button for interfering in Taiwan's election. The DPP has classified the types of election interference tactics that China employs. In addition to openly suppressing Taiwan in international diplomatic systems and sending warplanes and ships toward Taiwan, China is also repeatedly slapping import bans on Taiwan's agricultural and fishery products. According to the party, there are also pro-unification groups interfering with the election campaigns. Chinese subsidies for pro-China Taiwanese to return to Taiwan to vote and even Chinese espionage organizations infiltrating the military. Controversy has erupted around a group of Chinese students currently visiting Taiwan on an invitation from former President Ma Ying-jeou. When applying for the students' travel permits, the Ma Ying-jeou Foundation had said the group would be here just for cultural exchanges. But in recent interviews with media, the students have repeated Beijing's propaganda lines, saying that their goal is the great rejuvenation of the Chinese nation. DPP lawmakers are now slamming their trip, saying the students are covertly working for Beijing. The Ma Ying-jeou Foundation has invited a group of Chinese students on a nine-day trip around Taiwan to boost cross-strait youth exchanges. The visit has been widely covered by Chinese media outlets, including CCTV and Xiamen Star. We are jointly expressing our responsibility and awareness about our cultural legacy and development. During media interviews, one student brought up that Taiwan and China had a shared cultural legacy, while another stated their goal is to achieve the great rejuvenation of the Chinese nation. There is one goal that young students in the mainland unanimously want to pursue. We are all striving to achieve the great rejuvenation of the Chinese nation. That is the ultimate goal we are working hard toward. 
These deeply political comments from the visiting students were a slap in the face for Ma's spokesperson, Xiao Xuchen. On Thursday, one of the Chinese students said the two sides of the strait had the same origins, a comment a DPP lawmaker said was promoting unification. Xiao had responded to the criticism by urging the Thai administration to not use politically loaded language to attack the students, and stressing that the group was visiting just to carry out cultural exchanges. But with the students themselves, themselves continuing to parrot CCP rhetoric, it seems there is more to the visit than just culture. Former President Ma Ying-jeou had assured everyone constantly that this was just a cultural exchange and that it wouldn't involve politics. But these Chinese students in Taiwan are saying things like our culture and our people are one and the same or we're striving for the great rejuvenation of the Chinese nation. It is evident that their words are similar to the official rhetoric of the CCP. This is clearly not merely a cultural exchange. They have the CCP's political goals in mind. Mai Ying-jeou should come out and offer an explanation. It is clearly a group of United Front youth. It's not an exchange. Their political goals and rhetoric are as clear as day. The Mainland Affairs Council should send them back as soon as possible. DPP lawmakers are continuing to mount criticism, saying that the visiting group are here for more than just cultural exchanges. Debate is rolling around DPP presidential candidate Lai Qingde's true feelings about Taiwan independence after he recently said if Taiwan's president can walk into the White House, his political goal will have been achieved. The U.S. forbids Taiwanese leaders to enter the capital because of its one-China policy. On Friday, Lai addressed these concerns at an event held by the Asia-Taiwanese Chambers of Commerce. There, he said his future administration would continue with the prudent diplomatic path laid out by President Tsai Ing-wen, as well as his own proposed four-pillar plan for peace. Let's give it a listen. In the face of regional hegemony, I will continue with President Tsai Ing-wen's four commitments. I will also implement the four pillars that I wrote about in my recent Wall Street Journal op-ed to maintain cross-strait peace and defend our free and democratic government. We absolutely must strengthen our national defense while standing on the side of democracy. I hope that, on the front of economic development, the sun will never set over Taiwanese companies. I hope they can build up Taiwan and go global, selling their products to the whole world. The Executive Yuan has launched several policies and projects to draw back investment from Taiwanese companies back to Taiwan, and to assist small and medium enterprises to invest in Taiwan. Lai also thanked the association for its support for Taiwan, saying that he hopes to continue cooperating with all industries so that Taiwan will continue to play an important role in global supply chains. Doctors in Taichung are offering dialysis patients the chance to do the treatment at home. Currently, there are more than 90,000 dialysis patients in Taiwan. Most have to go into the hospital for the long-term recurring treatment three times a week. With that time burden, it's difficult to maintain a standard routine or hold down a job. But patients on home dialysis can take the treatment in their sleep. It's less uncomfortable and allows them to maintain a normal routine during the day. 
Dialysis patients typically spend four hours in a hospital bed receiving the treatment. It's a huge time commitment that makes it hard to go out to work. One hospital in Taichung is promoting home dialysis. The machines are rented and taken home by the patients for themselves or the carers to operate. I do it while I'm asleep. The main thing is you can do eight hours of dialysis and it's much more comfortable. In a normal clinic, you do four hours and it goes faster, so you often get a drop in blood pressure and it feels bad. Remote surveillance systems can be used to ensure the safety of home dialysis for the patient. The patient's condition is being continuously reported back to the hospital. Our attending physicians on site can receive reports if there is anything going on with the patient on home dialysis. Traditional dialysis in a clinic, where you have about four hours a day paid for by the NHI, is almost free. All you have to pay is 150 NT a month for a booking fee. Dialysis at home is very different. It takes eight hours a day and costs 9,000 NT a month for machine rental. But you can do dialysis at home while you sleep and live a more normal life. It happens at night while you sleep, so it doesn't occupy any of the daytime at all. The dialysis occurs more slowly, so there's no discomfort, and when you're done, you can go to work as normal. Doctors say that home dialysis requires a two-month training regime for both patient and carer. Only once you pass that test can you take the machine home. They hope the government will put the fees for home dialysis on the NHI to give more dialysis patients the option of home treatment. Taiwan's birth rate is falling fast. One effect of that is smaller and smaller classes in elementary schools. But today we visit a school that is reversing the trend and thriving. Baiji Elementary School is nestled in the mountains of Taoyuan's Dashi District. It provides 12 hours of supervision a day to its students, as well as three good meals. Parents say they feel the school is looking out for them. Let's visit Taoyuan to see why this school is so special. Chicken staff flatten rice and add eggs to make rice bowls. The outside is garlanded with seaweed and pork floss. 120 breakfasts are served, the start of the day for these kids. There's also bread and yogurt, a delicious and nutritious meal. Many of these kids get up first thing in the morning to come here for breakfast. These twin sisters can't wait to get started. With Taiwan's birth rate declining, the first grade cohort is in the single digits at 18 elementary schools in Taoyuan. But Baiji Elementary in Dashi District is bucking the trend, despite its rural location, with 15 new students this year. Partly it's down to the three good meals provided free by the school every day, as well as after-school tutoring. Kids get to school at 6.30 a.m. and can stay until 6.30 at night. It's a godsend for parents. It includes breakfast, lunch and dinner, as well as after-school tutoring. They really are looking out for parents. There's also a school bus. Those facilities have attracted lots of families. And it's all thanks to the work of Principal Wang Lianjin, nicknamed Principal Dad by the children. Yeah! 
This is my eighth year here, that's true, but I've been serving in the mountains for 33 years. Managing education in remote locations, I've always been sticking to one saying, which is to take particular care of these kids in particular places so that in the future they can dance their own particular delightful dance. Wang is determined not to let any child fall through the cracks or fall at the first hurdle. His care and holistic support for families is keeping this particular rural school thriving. The Summer World University Games will open in Chengdu in southern China next week. Ahead of the opening, President Tsai Ing-wen traveled south to the National Sport Training Center in Kaohsiung. She presented Team Taiwan with their flag and a red envelope, urging them to win glory for the nation. In addition, Tsai said regulations enabling the establishment of a National Sports Science Center to support athlete training would soon be finalized and the government was committed to giving the strongest backing possible for the nation's athletes. At the end of July, the Summer World University Games will open in Chengdu in China. President Tsai Ing-wen on Friday paid a special trip to the National Sports Training Centre in Kaohsiung, where she presented a flag to Team Taiwan, along with a red envelope. This time around, a total of 212 Taiwanese will be taking part, including gymnast Li Kai, otherwise known as the Prince of the Pommel Horse, Taekwondo star Luo Jialing, and local judo champ Yang Yongwei. All have won medals in the Tokyo Olympics, and their goal is to win even more in Chengdu. Tsai urged the players to strive for glory. Li Zhikai, the Pommel Horse Olympic silver medalist, has already won consecutive gold medals in previous World University Games. Now he's going to try to get a Pommel Horse hat trick. Yang Yongwei won a silver medal for judo, and Luo Jialing won a bronze medal for taekwondo in the Tokyo Olympics. They will also show off their skills in these World University Games. President Tsai also said that on August 1st, regulations to set up a National Sports Science Centre will be officially finalised. She hopes the centre will offer backup support for the nation's athletes. After the establishment of the National Sports Science Centre, it will be able to provide our players with all the sports science resources they need for training and competitions. There will also be more comprehensive care in terms of sports management, health management and medical treatment. The government will provide support for each player. At the last Summer World University Games held in Naples, Taiwan ranked seventh with nine gold, 13 silver and 10 bronze medals. There are expectations that this year Taiwan's team will give an even stronger showing. They will take part in altogether 16 contests and look forward to winning glory for the country. Numbers of Taiwanese travelling to Vietnam are increasing month by month. Now an airline company is launching direct flights to the scenic destination of Nha Truong, which is known as the Little Maldives of Vietnam. The direct flights, which will begin in September at the earliest, will shorten travel times from six to eight hours to two and a half hours. Let's hear from the airline. The largest number of tourists in Nyatang are Russians. Owing to political problems, not so many Russians are going there now. We have nearly 300 small islands in Nyatang. And besides that, Nyatang has a lot of mud baths and hot springs. 
For now, there will only be three flights a week. However, more flights are expected after January next year. Data from the Tourism Bureau shows that Vietnam is the fifth most popular travel destination for Taiwanese. By April this year, the number of Taiwanese visiting Vietnam had grown by 10,000 passengers compared to the beginning of the year. Today, we meet a chef from Malaysia who has carved out two successful careers in Taiwan. When Fan Tianmei first came to Taiwan, he was a taxi driver. Over the years, he built up a restaurant business, becoming one of the best chefs in Taiwan, according to critics. His Dongpo pork is considered a must-eat by foodies. But despite his achievements in the kitchen, the restaurateur never gave up his love of the road. He shared how he plans to keep cooking and driving for as long as possible. Chef Fan Tianmei is a master of Jiangsu and Zhejiang cuisine. But in the restaurant's downtime, he grabs the steering wheel and becomes a taxi driver, shuttling customers through the streets of Taipei before returning once more to the kitchen. The Dongpur pork is really smooth, with lean and fat in good proportion, not too oily, very delicate. This limited-edition Dongpo pork is a winner with foodies. Food critic Hu Tianlan called it the best Dongpo pork in all of Taiwan. We use freshly slaughtered pork for it. The pour is open to let in the braising sauce. It melts in the mouth. While it's braising, we keep it on a slow flame to bring out 70% of the oil. The other 30% we freeze and then evaporate. Fan insists on using warm black Iberian pig sows of less than 150 kilograms for his Dongpo pork dish. His special braising sauce is simmered for four hours, then reduced for one hour, going in the freezer and then being evaporated for 45 minutes before it's complete. But the most astonishing part is that when Fan first came to Taiwan from Malaysia aged 19, he was a taxi driver who had barely ever set foot in the kitchen. I didn't really want to study cooking at first. I just wanted to feed myself. But once I got started, I just kept on doing it ever since. When I eat other people's food, I come home and I never do it exactly the same. I always change it a bit and do it my way. With a combination of talent and hard work, fans set to work, learning Zhejiang and Jiangsu cooking. Over 41 years, he has opened six restaurants and won many fans. After he leaves the kitchen, he still drives a taxi and has a Golden Wheels Award. Fan has developed an impressive portfolio career here in his adopted home. Turning to the weather, the fifth tropical storm of the season formed at 8 o'clock Friday morning and has been named Doxuri. The Central Weather Bureau says the storm that's currently southeast of Taiwan will veer north on Sunday and the angle at which it moves will determine its impact on Taiwan. A sea warning could be issued as early as Monday next week. The CWB says the storm will be closest to Taiwan between Wednesday and Friday next week and its periphery will bring abundant showers to the east coast. Currently, Orchid Island will most likely to be directly hit by the storm with a chance of 39%. Following, it is Green Island and Taidong with 37% and the Huntran Peninsula with 35%.